Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality with me. Today, I'm really excited. We've got a pretty, like, topic-based episode, so if uh, you've ever heard me do stuff like that, you know those are kind of the episodes I'm most jazzed about. (laughs) That's very much the case here today. So, okay, today we have the host of the new podcast, Today and Tia. But she's also the host of Let's Talk on 640 Toronto AM radio. So sexy, guys. Please welcome to the mic, Danny Stover. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Hi, Danny. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. Do you want to let the people know um, <laughs> maybe what the topic is today and why you're here to speak on it? Yeah. So I um, volunteer with the Period Purse, I've been with them for five or six years now. I do their social media, but yeah. I'm very much a menstrual equity advocate um, that goes beyond uh, my work with the period purse. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about menstrual equity. We'll talk about the importance of period education. Uh, I've got lots of stats and uh, <laughs> Ooh, sometimes baby. I sometimes I forget that, you know, not everybody that it is a taboo topic still uh, because I talk yeah. pretty openly about it. Yeah, you sent me this article um and Plan Canada had just done like this study of a thousand people, I think it said. And it was mostly kind of talking about the stigma and like where and when we feel comfortable enough to like ask questions about our periods, talk about it, get support surrounding it. Um, And some of those results were pretty shocking to me too, because I mean, I'm a sex positive, I run a sex positive podcast. So I'm like, that's crazy to think it's so taboo still today. It really, it is shocking. And I think my first kind of uh, foray into this space was when I, I think I saw a video, like an an old Vice video, um, Mm -hmm. and they had gone to New York and they were speaking to people who were um, unhoused or precariously housed. And they were like, how do you deal with your period? And it was something that I'd never thought about before. Um, Obviously, these products are essential and they come at a cost and they're not cheap always. And it can be very difficult to make those decisions when you're you know, thinking about all of the other things that you have to pay for. And when you get your period once a month, um, typically, yeah. uh, that's an added expense. And so that's not always built into um, the budget, the budget, exactly. <laughs> and especially now when affordability is at this all time high, I mean, um, it, they're they're costing more. And it also is intersectional. There's places in Canada that don't have access to clean water still. And so that's an issue when it comes to reusables. So there's all kinds of different issues kind of wrapped into the major umbrella of period poverty and menstrual equity. And uh, at the period purse, our goal is to reduce the barriers to access. We want everybody to be able to access whatever they need, whatever they choose for their bodies, whenever they need them. Um, And so these results um, are great because sure, they speak to a a big issue, especially here in Canada. But Mm -hmm. um, it also gives us kind of that ammo to see to say, look, this is a problem. This has impacts on your health. Um, and so it, it is important that we bring this to the forefront and really kind of dig into the numbers and, and ask ourselves why this is happening. Yeah, yeah. Like period care, care is health care, right? Exactly. Like exactly. It's, it's our health. So it's just, I always hate to hear that like stuff surrounding our health, like specifically I... I've had a few guests come on to talk about HSV um, and how um, how it's how just a skin thing, a nerve disorder, is so taboo. Is so taboo, and it's a health. It's just a health thing. Like why health things are so tied to taboo stuff? Just because it has to do with like um, our genitals. You know, it's yeah. like it's just wild health stuff a doctor you know (laughs) has to navigate a delicate conversation it's like it's a body it's health stuff it's just wild to me it really and it is it's 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 interesting because you you mentioned um 
you know, doctors and, and kind of advocating for yourself. And something that really sticks out for me is there was this great documentary. Uh, it's called Pandora's Box. Mm-hmm. And it goes around the world. So different cultural aspects to menstruation as well, which is obviously a big thing. And so um, there was a, an interview with a young Indian woman. And she was like, when I first got my period, I thought I was dying. Yeah. Like, I, I just didn't know what was going on. And that's... Um, you know, not here in Canada necessarily, but there are numbers that say, you know, nearly 40 or, or nearly 50% of people get their period for the first time and have no idea what's going on, wow. uh, let alone what products to use, let alone the, you know, the the hormones and the, just all the different things that are involved. And when it comes to education and what we learn in schools, um, I know that some people are getting their periods as early as the age of nine yeah. and it's not taught in school until maybe you're 12 13 14 and there are stats that say uh, young people learn more about the biology of a frog than they do their own <laughs> biology God. in school it's so true I had um I went to Catholic school for my like grade school high school career and yeah I mean we learned about it I guess but like it's literally like one day that they touch on it and it just opened up so many questions. It's like, yeah, okay, you, they just talk about the anatomy. They don't talk about like the impact and how it feels and, you know, what like resources surrounding what you should do or like how can we navigate these conversations like with our parents or with whomever like to help support us or teachers or you know what I mean like everybody's yeah. bled through their fucking pants at school at some point oh as God. a young I, person and it's... I, I've done it recently in fact <laughs> yeah you're like young person uh <laughs> last week try but like you know as a young person trying to navigate that shit it's like where's the help you know Stuff like that is more important to learn than, like, the anatomy of it. Like, both are important, but, like, it's more about, like, the impact of what's happening to your body that should be, like, taught and, you know. Totally. And, I mean, in high school, we used to have a joke where we could tell our VP, oh, I'm on my period. It's that time of month. We'd dress it up in different words. We wouldn't say my period. How could you imagine? Um, But we would just, you know, kind of allude (laughs) to the fact that it might be the time of month and he would get so squirrely and he would do whatever like if we were just like I just want to sit here he's like okay 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 do whatever you want so it was this kind of joke that you know this man this man who was our vice principal at a high school who deals yeah. with students all the time it gets that squirrely about it and then you know it, uh, like I alluded to it's, it's a joke but also it was like oh well if he's getting that uptight about it what does that say about me and what I'm going through mm-hmm. um is it do I make people uncomfortable by simply menstruating once a month? And like you said, what we learned in school, I don't even remember, to be honest. Yep, and it no. did lead to way more questions. <laughs> Unanswered questions. Yes. We'll clarify. Like you just we didn't even never have the internet. <laughs> exactly. We're that old. We're, we may be dating ourselves, but <laughs> it's so true. You just didn't know what the fuck to do. And it's like, that's interesting, those situations when you're a young person, right? Of like, you know, that that VP, not even being able to like hear as soon as he heard the weird word period or anything alluding to it. He's like, Nope, nope. Okay. Oh, blah, blah. Like, like, no, no in compassion or interest or like openness. Um, it's like, what does that teach you as a young person? And how do you carry that forward into, you know, young adulthood and adulthood? And how does that inform you surrounding shame? And um, yeah, like about confidence, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, we say it, it, with the period purse, we, we know, um, and we push the messaging that um, not all women menstruate and not all menstruators are women. And so I and leaning into that a little bit more, I think it's important to teach all genders about menstruation. One in four young people don't know why some people get their periods or how to manage them. And it is a conversation that involves all of us. Um, So I think it's really important to you know, if you're thinking, like, if you're a parent and you're like, I don't even know where to start asking my kids about menstruation or, or educating them on that, uh, I think a very good tip is, like, asking them what they already know because I think they'll surprise you right. in what, what they've heard. Yeah, because, again, like, this is happening younger than um, than we might realize, you know what I mean? So they probably know more earlier or have more questions earlier than we um, might, like, anticipate or plan for. You know? And there's still a lot of shame around it. It's 
it's um, the language does matter, which is why I kind of put it out. Like we will say menstruators. We, we're not opposed to saying women and girls. We know they menstruate, but um, mm-hmm. the People language. Yeah. Exactly. The language does matter. And so, you know, you think about when you go to Shoppers Drug Mart and you need some products and you go down the feminine hygiene aisle to get your sanitary <laughs> napkins. Right. And it's like, well, this is, is this telling us that it's dirty or that, you know, we have to dress it up with this fancy language in order to, I can't even believe they're selling them on the shelves out in the open like that. It's, it really is something that um, I've turned a a corner on where I'm like, I'm not, I'm no longer hiding it. I'm no longer embarrassed about it, but I can imagine being a young person who's like gotten their period. um, And maybe they have a single parent that they don't necessarily feel comfortable going to, or maybe they, um, aren't sure how to broach the topic because it does feel shrouded in shame. Um, it can be very difficult. And especially when these things cost money and you think with young people, they they might ha- not have an extra $10, $15 to pay for these items. Mm-hmm. Um, that also causes problems because you shouldn't have to use toilet paper um, or things like that or, or, or miss out on things. A lot of people miss school because of their periods because they can't access products or... Um, or it's debilitating as well. Oh, that's a whole other side of it, right? Well, getting back to the what you said off the top and advocating for yourself from a health perspective, mm-hmm. it takes up to 10 years on average to um, get a, a menopause diet or um, an endo diagnosis. If you have endometriosis, um, that can be something that you might go to your doctor and say, I have really painful periods. And they might say, oh, well, that's just that's just how it goes. Yeah. And I've heard some really awful stories about um, women who went to their doctor with painful periods and were told, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. And um, their organs were literally fusing together. So, yeah. yeah. Um, But on average, it takes 10 years to diagnose that. Why does it take that long? It should not take that long. And so um, we're making a lot of headshots. I'm sure due to like medical racism when you're talking about like people of color coming into their doctor and talking about stuff like that. Yeah. There's a big intersectional element to this too. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, I think. Oh no, but I think you you nailed it. It's it's um it's one thing to say like this impacts this demographic of people, but if we were to break it down even further to racialize to indigenous uh folks, it's you know, the numbers get worse. Yeah. And we're talking about when we're talking about like period poverty as well, like um I think you mentioned it briefly but like just to hit on like period poverty is happening in Canada like we're not it's happening worldwide I think it said like 500 million people are in period poverty so they're choosing I was again looking at that plan Canada um survey that was there that kind of have to when if monthly you have to choose between a meal and buying period products yeah um and it's and it is it's Canada ranks like the bottom half of countries surveyed wow. in terms of like support and talking openly about periods. Um, I will say we're getting better. Uh, things te- seem to take a long time, but I think that's just the way the government works. But obviously, where there was big news, uh, I guess maybe last month now. Last month was. I'm not sure what the timing of this podcast is, but May, May is menstrual health month. And so that's a big month for everybody in this space. It's like Christmas. Um, And so uh, (laughs) you exchange gifts. It's it's a great, well, it's a great way for, to build awareness and, and, uh, and all of that. So it's, it's, it's fun. It it does feel like, yeah, it's go time. So um, the announcement came out uh, appropriately, I guess, last month in May. And this was Canada announcing changes to their Canadian labor code that would ensure that all federally regulated buildings um, that employ about 1.3 million people um, across Canada will provide free period products, which is amazing. 35% of those people are menstruators. And so um, you That's think, amazing. You, I, you know, we talked about like bleeding through my pants just a moment ago. And uh <laughs> Just like, just, you know, just in, in passing. So recently. <laughs> but it happened. I was at work and I work in a beautiful building that has a lot of cool things and uh, fun stuff. And sure enough, I got my period at work and forgot my tampon yep. and uh, couldn't find one for the life of me in this oh, building. And we God. have 
Danny, I, this happened to me, like, this was maybe a couple years ago, but same thing happened to me at work. And I literally was, it was one of the most stressful fucking experiences of my life. Same thing. I was asking everyone that I worked with if they had anything and like, oh yeah, sorry. You, you saying that just triggered a memory. <laughs> It's so fucking stressful. Oof. It's stressful. And I'm glad you said that because I feel very affirmed by that because I was thinking, um, well, maybe, you know, I should have been better prepared and, and, and I mean... uh, you know, I'm usually more prepared, but uh, there was no one even here that I could ask. And so one of the bathrooms does have a dispenser mm-hmm. um, that's kind of hidden away. I was like, this isn't a, in a very obvious. <laughs> it was dusty. <laughs> yeah, oh, honestly. <laughs> and it's, you know, 50 cents. So... I don't have two quarters on me. (laughs) Fucking hell. I don't even have the quarters to buy it. And like, just to, just to put it into context, my, my workplace has a three foosball tables. My workplace has (laughs) um, incredible cool furniture. My workplace has all kinds of funky things. And yet in a pinch, I couldn't find one tampon and that's, and that's a problem. I mean, uh, the, the, bright side of that is that I made this video about it and kind of went like low-key viral because it resonated with folks and then at my workplace I've had tons of conversations with uh co-workers a lot of them male who were like aha I never thought of this before um yeah because men are men design spaces yeah (laughs) men design those spaces you know yeah and it's no, you know, and, and oftentimes it's like they wouldn't think about it because it is such a taboo topic. It is something that makes people uncomfortable in some cases. So you could understand them just not knowing any better. And yeah, so no one's talked to that about to them before. Yeah, makes no, sense. exactly. And the big pushback of like providing free products, and we hear it all the time, is that, uh, well, won't won't they get stolen? Won't people kind of, you know, take advantage yes and 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 again if you see someone stealing food no you didn't exactly well and that's the thing it's like i'm i'm not our job is to provide them not to police them yeah (laughs) and yes uh and then my pushback to that is well when you know toilet paper is provided when when you ever use the washroom are you stealing rolls of toilet paper and if you are go off um but it's like you know you forget a pen you you should have a pen at work you bring a pen you use a pen that one time you don't have a pen you expect your workplace to maybe have one that you're gonna you can find use. one somewhere yeah. yeah easily with ease yeah yeah not have to pay 50 cents or something so it's you know there's a lot <laughs> of different ex- dispenser. <laughs> examples uh Dusty ass pen dispenser. seriously like in a cardboard container uh-huh. um so there's lots of examples of that where it's just you know and we hear it all the time especially in in may where we're out there, we're bearing our full asses, like period poverty is real and menstrual equity is important. And here's why. And the amount of pushback or the people that are like, well, it's not an issue for me. So I can't see this being an issue for everyone is is unnerving sometimes. I'm happy to hear at least one, you know, piece of legislation is like moving forward in this way, because right now we have so many pieces of legislation that are taking away uh like vulva vagina uterus yes. owners rights right now so it's thank god at least something somewhere is moving forward in this way yeah and a lot of countries like scotland is the first nation to provide free period products for all so like there is there are there's framework for this in other places and um canada like you know the federal government has come to the table on this and uh, the period purse and other menstrual advocates have been working alongside them um there's there's been a lot of movement behind the scenes and so um this is something that is is a serious issue that impacts more than half of the population um do you have stats on like how expensive say in canada you know a period is like what's the range uh, the, of money we're we're putting into buying period products? They're saying that it's going to be a twenty five million dollar fund. This is for the the pilot uh, for their menstrual equity fund. So, um, I guess that would be how much they've kind of benchmarked. But then that's a government number, so it's right. You know, may, might be inflated or maybe not. Um, yeah, it's so- estimated that twenty nine dollars per menstruator per year is what I'm seeing here, but that seems low. That seems, that seems really very, low to me because I thought you were going to say monthly because some people breeze through a couple packs of tampons a month. That you know? seems like more of a monthly number, to be honest. Yeah, um, that seems low, conservative end of that. 
Yeah. So when I guess it, it depends too on what you use because yeah. So let's talk about yeah all d- options and I think one of the things you mentioned earlier again you just touched on that like the choice to use you know whatever product is important as well in this conversation. So maybe let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. So um, with the period purse, it, there's just so many different things. It's funny because we think of period equity as like. Um, Again, a taboo kind of issue. Not a lot of people are talking about it, but it it really does impact so many other facets of life, the workplace and how you feel at work and um, the environment and climate change. And so one big thing with the period purse is we're always advocating for what you choose for your body. You know what your body needs and what your body wants and what's comfortable for you. So um, we try not to, and I personally try not to be like, well, you should do this and you should do that because I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know you. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to, you know, tampons and pads, those are the most common items. We at the Period Purse donate a ton of those. In fact, um, four point, we've given away 4.7 million Period products to date. Wow. Um, yeah. So that speaks to the need. Um, but it's also like incredible that we're able to kind of move that product and, and get it to um, different respite centers and community centers and different communities. We work with First Nations communities in Ontario as well. And so um, there's that. But also then there's a lot of reusable products coming into the space. And there's some really good ones out there. And so a big part of it is educating and letting people know what's available and the costs involved with that. Because let's say you use a menstrual cup, that could that could greatly cut down the cost yep. of a year's worth of, of period products. You use one menstrual cup, maybe a year, maybe two. Um, you use that option and, and that's great for the environment. You're not putting tampons into landfill and things like that. Um, however, there's a big cost up front. They cost about $40, uh, or so to get one. And you should buy a new one. How often? Like annually, do they say? They say, I mean, I was, I don't use them. <laughs> you know what? I, I've tried. I, yeah, one number one. Yeah, it's it's a little hard with that one because they can. It, there's a learning curve with using it. Yes. It's kind of hard to put in and put it in correctly. It takes like can take a lot of time. For me, I did use uh, a like the menstrual cup product for like maybe three years total. But actually, for me also, I I got BV for the first time. Um, and then it ended up kind of being a chronic thing. And one of the things was like, oh, okay, I even threw out my menstrual cup and then bought a new one after that had cleared up, but it came back. And then actually the doctor was like, yeah, if you're kind of going to be chronically getting BV, then maybe that's actually not the best product for you. So again, with the thing of like, what's good for your body, right? Exactly. So that's a thing of like, okay, well, that's not the best product for me then. Yeah, and I do know they last quite a while. Um, The only thing I really know is like you've got to boil it to clean it. And if it starts to go yellow, like um, if the the plastic itself sort of starts to change color, then you should swap it out. Yeah. Um, So, but you you nailed it. Like you're, because of your health issues, it wasn't... It, it wasn't the, the be-all, end-all for your period care. So, yeah, not the best um, option for me. Yep. People who have maybe have had experienced trauma, um, folks who don't have access to clean water, the, the menstrual cup's not going to work for you because... Yeah, you mentioned that about the reusable things, right? It's like, well, then you have to have access to be able to wash them and sanitize them. So exactly. if that's not accessible, then these products are not as accessible to you. Yeah, but I'm I'm so happy that we're seeing so many... Um, different companies, thoughtful companies. I mean, this is another kind of piece of the puzzle. Um, tampons and pads aren't aren't great for the environment. They're not always good for when we think of where they go. Yeah, they're not. Um, some of them have bleach toxins in them. Bleach. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are companies now that are are making organic um, products with a focus on safety. Um, which seems insane to me to think that like that wasn't a thing before. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that they're bleaching these things white, like snow yeah. white. <laughs> yeah. So that's another part of this too, where it's you know again it it bleeds into pardon the pun <laughs> a lot of other different aspects of life, and so yeah. um, it's a really interesting space to be in because there's there's so many things happening when it comes to our 
carbon footprint when it comes to periods. Um, yeah. I know it's some um, it- interesting story, just that um, something you said inspired me there of like our education surrounding uh, menstrual stuff is like, just like SDI stuff and sex education in a lot of ways, there's like these fear-based, this fear-based education, specifically if it's usually coming from like, uh, I can say personally, like Catholic um, sex education. It's like you learn all about, you know, all the quote unquote scary things about it. But again, you don't... um, you don't have the balanced information of like, well, it's a normal thing. And you know, when this happens, here are your options, you know, here's the impact and how you deal with it emotionally and all this kind of stuff. You don't have that part. But it's like this thing that was like burned into my brain surrounding periods is like that you would develop toxic, toxic shock syndrome if you wore a tampon more than I was like so eight afraid hours. Of that. Oh my fucking God, me too. Like, <laughs> I th- I think I thought I had it once a month when I was younger. Oh, You've just yes. tapped into a traumatic <laughs> Yeah, right? Like, uh, <laughs> like so that was another thing of like, maybe tamp, uh, maybe something insertable isn't going to be accessible for you because maybe you don't have a place where you can change it, you know, throughout the day or, yeah, I would never yeah. wear it overnight for fear oh of gosh. like, I slept more than eight hours. <laughs> like, well, oh and there's... And I feel like I grew up with a pretty, you know, open household. My mom was around. And so when I got my period for the first time, and I remember all my friends got it first. I was like the last one to get it. Same, same. So so when I finally got it, I was like, yes, she's going to get boobs. Um, But I remember my mom just giving me a box of tampons. And she's like, well, go into the bathroom and, you know, here's how you do it. And so I opened like the little... Instruction, instruction sheet that has like a crude drawing of like a I think it was a leg up and this you know, is speaking insert to it me. here I did this this is ex- this is speaking to me my mom I think I got the OB tampons without the applicator also <laughs> and those ones I love but when you're doing it for the first time yeah but when you're 11 you know they call them digital they're called digital tampons because you use your digits <laughs> <sighs> I always get confused when people are like digital sex because I'm like virtual like and then they're like no like your fingers <laughs> oh, oh yeah no, 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 sorry, sorry. <laughs> I thought it was so cute I was like yes the digital tampons digital um but uh <laughs> but I remember putting it in and coming out of the bathroom and my mom's like you know how did it go yeah and I was like well it's very uncomfortable <laughs> she's like you're not supposed to be able to feel it and so I was like, well, what do you mean not to, uh, not to be able to feel something that's up there? Like, it was just... What do you... Literally, what do you mean? Yeah. How yeah, did it go, I need you Danny? to be very not clear. Not great, Mom. Not great. <laughs> it's, it's hanging out. <laughs> it's half out of me. Did I do it? <laughs> Fucking hell. But that's what it was. So I can only imagine someone who might not have as comfortable a relationship with their parents or caregivers to navigate that. It, oh, it would be oh, Danny, awful. I just had another memory. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I was a youngish person, you know, and I, this is related to the TSS thing we were talking about of like, so I was wearing a tampon and I got drunk. I was a young, young person, too young, um, drunk. And I remembered I had a tampon in like later on in the evening when I was super drunk and I went to grab it to take it out because I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to get TSS. And then it wasn't there. And I literally lost my mind. And I I literally went right to my mom because same thing, I could talk to my mom about stuff. But like, I literally was having a drunken meltdown. Like, can you imagine your kid? Like, what a fucking mess. I was having, I was freaking out. And it was just, I took it out before. I, I, <laughs> I had taken ask, it out like, before. Did you find it? No, I just, I had taken it out already. That's why I wasn't there. But like, I was confident that like, I don't know what happened, that I was lost, I guess. Well, and I've had an, a situation similar, but where I forgot that I had one in there and I put another one in there. Oh yeah. My friend did that. Yep. 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 And so like, like where's <laughs> so like where's the education surrounding stuff like this? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like what to do because we literally lost our minds th- doing stuff like that or thinking we had done something terrible like that and like just not literally not knowing what to do. Like wouldn't that have been nice to have been like this is some stuff I don't know. Just when you're learning about all the like terrible shit that can happen surrounding you and your like vulva vagina, wouldn't it be nice to like know what to do? 
and just have a safe space where it's like, <laughs> okay, what if you get two in there? <laughs> like, like, yeah. And to, and to not have it. Because it happens. It's happened. Exactly. You know? It's happened. And, and you know the feeling of, oh, yeah, you too? Me too. Like yeah. that. That is powerful. It's very, you know, affirming to know that you're not the only one experiencing something. And I think menstruation does kind of individualize us where it's like, oh, this is only happening to me and I have to keep it a secret. And it's my little, uh, and we dress it up with fancy language. And it's like, no, we're all doing this and we're all getting it and we're all experiencing different things and we should be able to talk about them. And let's bring in all genders because they should understand it too. Absolutely. Yeah. The way they separated like the sexes to do sex talks is like wild for education, well, sex education. And another, uh, I guess it was just in an article I read, but the quote was something to do with, yeah, I've learned how to put a condom on a banana three different times and not how to insert a tampon or what yeah. other options are out there, how to insert a cup or a disc, the, yeah. the types of different management for pain and for just managing your period, period. Hey you, yeah you there. You may have heard of a new buzzword going around online, sex tech. But what is sex tech? It's not just sex robots, it's any form of technology that seeks to enhance people's sexual lives, including sex toys, audio erotica, dating apps, solutions for painful sex, VR porn, and so much more. SexTechTO is Toronto's first ever platform for bringing together sex tech professionals in the Toronto region. Curious to learn more? Ooh, come to Sex Tech TO Mixer on June 27th at the Rivoli. Meet like-minded professionals and other curious sex tech enthusiasts to network and collaborate. Plus, I won't be there, but Aaron Pym of the Bedpost Podcast will be there, joined by the founder of the Bump and Joystick, Andrew Gerza. For a lively discussion about the challenges, opportunities, and future of this burgeoning industry. Check out sextechto.com for more details. That's S-E-X-T-E-C-H-T-O dot com. Don't miss out on this opportunity to shape the future of sex tech. The Bedpost Podcast is sponsored by Come As You Are. Founded as a worker-owned cooperative, Come As You Are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. Come As You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website, www.clubm4.com, but one of my favorite things to do is to go to their Instagram events page and see what they've got going on. Scrolling through here, Cougars Bump and Grind Night with DJ J. Rodica, Threesome Fridays, Sexy Plus Size Play Party, Buy Pleasure Party, a night with the theme Little Black Dress, Game Night, ooh, a night with the prompt Shiniest Outfit, and Fetish Fantasy, hosted by Empress. If anything looks interesting and you want to check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. But yeah, oh boy, so many memories. Because like that speaks to the taboo nature of the thing, right? Like how many people listening have like, you know, are, are even listening to us talk about <laughs> these like freakouts as young people right now and, and are like, oh my God, me too. Or like, oh my God, my friend did that. Or like whatever it is, like that speaks to the taboo nature of it, of like we, stuff like this happens to us and like we do not talk about it because of the intense shame surrounding it. And then it's like when finally people do talk about it, it's like, oh my God, yeah, we all literally went through shit like that. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and what we're doing right now, I think is incredibly important. I think this is part, and this is part of what the period purse 
um, ad- advocates for is one way is to just talk about it. I, uh, I have a funny story because I work with a guy who um, I've had these conversations with at work and, and he obviously was like, oh my God, I never thought about it before. Yeah, if I need to access toilet paper or paper towel or soap, that's there. But when it comes to period products, that's so weird. And so he's like, he's on vacation somewhere in like somewhere, a beautiful tropical location. I'm not sure exactly exactly where but he texts me uh from like a local to their number Uh (laughs) and I'm like who is this what's going on (laughs) and so he's like uh I'm at a waterfall and the spooky ass almost outhouse bathroom has free pads and ponds and I was my (sighs) my heart grew three sizes because I'm like my brand is strong (laughs) yeah this guy is people go on vacation and text me (laughs) that there are free tampons and pads in the washroom that they're in he said there was no paper towel, so you win some, you lose some. But uh, <laughs> I was like, that's great. I uh, love that. Another thing that's so funny, I was like, when I was using the cup, like when I was in my Diva Cup era, um, mm-hmm. something that I didn't necessarily think of was like in public washrooms, like the sink is in a public, in a shared space, yes. you know, and the washroom is there. So it's like, okay, you can dump your thing, but you need to like rinse it off. Um, and ideally, you know, throw a little soap in there before you like reinsert it. So it was like that extra added thing of like, when you have a product that then is brought out there, then that's that extra kind of layer of shame stigma whatever you're feeling that wants needs to be navigated too yeah and that's a a really important thing when when it comes to design and the design of these spaces because the the ideal washroom and I think there was an Instagram account that did a really good job of like going to different public washrooms and giving them like a score Um, and some of the basis for the score would be like is there a covered um private garbage container or receptacle to dispose of this stuff? Um, is there uh, like a closed door? Is there a sink in the bathroom? That was a big one because you're right. It's like to kind of navigate. Can you imagine you're on your period, heavy flow, you need to take out your cup and then what waddle to the sink and rinse it out? I mean, now they have like these shaker cups. You can kind of put them in and you can do your, but again, that's an extra step. That's an extra cost. Absolutely. Okay, so we um, we diverted to a bunch of trauma <laughs> stories. Um, but okay, so um, menstrual cup, what other types of like reusable period products do do we have? There's period underwear, which is like, yeah. honestly, a multi million dollar, <laughs> like Love venture it. at this point. Um, I was just at an event for NYX. Um, that does, they kind of started with period underwear. Um, They do bras and stuff as well. Um, And it was their 10-year anniversary. And she said, we made it cool to pee and bleed in your underwear. And I felt that. (laughs) Doing the Lord's work, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I also went from like wearing like reusable washable cotton pads that like did up with snaps that I bought in some like hippy dippy store forever ago to like having that period underwear where you can insert it insert extra pads or just wear the underwear and there's like a bit of you know uh, it's like a thicker underwear that if you're spotting still that's enough you know what I mean and it was like fucking revolutionary because for me like I don't know if you don't what I do like with my work but like you know you need to look like you're not having a period so (laughs) you know to have a panty that you could just be in a panty was like life-changing for me personally yeah and it's it's amazing like it's amazing what some of these companies are able to do there's a company called aisle and they do a lot of this stuff as well um and then there are like yeah the reusable pad options are interesting um yeah i've tried i've tried pretty much everything i would say at the end of the day all my underwear is period underwear (laughs) Whether, but not by design. Yeah, whether it was designed to be or not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I have some. I have some real, you know, real ugly ones that uh, we use for the heavy flow days <laughs> that I can't bear to part with. I'm like, these are disgusting. Um, not because I think periods are dirty, but just because they're, it's an old, <laughs> it's, it's an old, old pair of it's period underwear. Old. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you can you can wear that. You can wear. Um, yeah, your reusable pads on a lighter day. Maybe wear um, the period underwear. I I. Again, I I don't trust it, but I know people use them and fully bleed in their period underwear. Don't wear any kind of secondary item, and they don't mm-hmm. need to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you're light, that's again with like the subjectiveness of like all our periods are different, right? So some people have super fucking light periods, and that's enough. And some of us require a fucking lot more. 
Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, and that can even uh, fluctuate month to month for the individual. I mean, I typically have a pretty, um, like, easy, I have like one day where I'm like, ow, Mm -hmm. uh, and then maybe some heavy flow days, but then that's it. I'm usually in and out in four days with the actual bleed. Days leading up, I'm a witch and hungry. Um, <laughs> so cranky, yeah. And then after you're horny. Um, but <laughs> Yes, the spectrum of emotion. <laughs> my last cycle was, I was like in, in pain to the point where I'm like, I might have to call in sick. Like I, I'm in so much pain. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a really active month where you're very athletic, you might get a lighter period or none at all. So that even this is the education piece that isn't available. Yep. Um, I was very active growing up. And so there were times where I would get like a really light period. And I was like, is this okay? Like, what's going on? Am I pregnant? What's happening? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That. And then there's that part of it where we think we're pregnant every fucking month. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I had a friend that was that, that friend every month. was like, I think it might be period to the, the, or pregnant to the point where we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until she got pregnant. (laughs) And then she fucking was. Yeah. Oh, we all learned our lesson. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But that's another thing. Like the period purse has, um, they offer, we just actually developed an app. I say we, I had nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> You're like, I developed. <laughs> I developed an app. I'm also a developer. Uh, but this is a great app. We did it with like, it's youth design. So it's for youth by youth, but I recommend it to anybody. It's very private. That was our main thing is that you know this is sensitive information and and what is going on in the states is very scary and it it got to the point where you might you got to be careful who's the information that you're giving out when it comes to this stuff because that might come to bite you and and it's it's terrifying um so this app is very much like yeah like empower yourselves to track your period and not and you know there are Things like if you're trying to get pregnant or if you're trying not to get pregnant, it's very useful. But it's also just useful to know and to – I feel like education is so powerful um, when it comes to your body and how you feel about yourself. Yeah, because how many times are we, like you said, a complete nightmare and then we get our period the next day and we're like, oh. Always. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know why it surprises us when <laughs> it happens all the I time. so confused? But And yet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm 40 and yet. <laughs> Still. <laughs> still happening yeah and like again people you know aren't like super fucking regular like yep so it can fluctuate yeah absolutely okay so another uh period product that i use kind of regularly again with another facet to my work that um i was introduced to these sponges so mine's not the one i use is just like a little foam sponge um and basically, it's a, the type of sponge that you can have sex while you're wearing it, right? Yeah. So, um, but I tell you, Danny, these things are fucking expensive. So it was a pack of 10, I believe, and it cost me $50 maybe. And you had to get it from like a specialty store. Like it's not at Shoppers. It's not a Rexall. Like, um, I think I got it from Seduction, actually, the okay. last time I got it, but which is a sex shop. Um but yeah, the like there's uh, all types of different sponges. I know there's like even natural like, um, my, I want to say seaweed. <laughs> no, it seaweed. is. Yeah, I'm just is looking it up uh, Wait, what a is living it? sea it's sponge. A, that sea sponge. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, there's also synthetic ones. Yeah, I didn't realize. It makes sense though. I feel like. But again, that's that thing of in your in a public washroom, you got to bring it out and rinse it out and bring then go it back out. into the stall and then like yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm just reading. I'm like, oh, what are the pros and cons? Absorbent, reusable, comfortable. Yep. yep uh, cons, yep. messy to remove. Sometimes hard to remove. Cleaning. Yeah. Yeah, like, I can imagine. Like menstrual cups, I would say one of the main cons is hard to put in. Sponges, one of the main cons, this is just me personally, I'm talking, uh, can be hard to remove. Yeah. It can get knocked up there and then you got to go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell sometimes oh very God. fucking stressful again yeah stressful fucking experiences sometimes you're squatting in the tub just trying to bear down and well that's it, it the only way i could get in the disc or not the disc <laughs> the cup was in the shower yeah exactly like it's yeah. not you know so uh, to not be taught these things it's like there should be a class on this Like a, just a dedicated class to menstruation, how to buy the products, how to figure out what products are right for you. Like, And we do. The period purse has 
actually this year for students because we go into schools and we'll teach, um, you know, grade and it's all it's all age appropriate as well. Like there's a big consideration there. And so um, we'll go in and teach periods 101. We'll teach um, period poverty, what that's all about. Um, we'll teach uh, reusable products and and planet uh, positive periods. And so there's three different kinds of modules underneath the, the umbrella of education. But um, we started in schools and now it's kind of even bumping out to like workplaces. If you have an office and it's like, Maybe this is a fun thing. You can include your coworkers, in, you know, just to kind of let them in on on what's going on. And it really helps to reduce the shame and stigma. It gets everybody on the same page. Um, like I said, the conversations that I'm having with my male coworkers about menstruation, I don't feel would have happened a year, two years, 10 years ago. Like it's really refreshing to be able to talk openly about it, to not be like, oh, sorry, is this okay? And to have them respond with like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's what you go through. Or I had no idea that it was this way. Or yeah. it only, why wouldn't we provide free products for you? Yeah, so um, why is it important specifically if we're talking about like non-menstruating people and why it's important to like have them be educated about stuff like this as well? Can we talk a little bit about like why that would be important? I think there's an understanding element of like, yeah, every we just talked about it, like the you're hungry, you're moody, there's all kinds of things happening from a hormonal level um, to your body. And so it's helpful to understand that. I also think it's just it's in this day and age, it's nice to be a supportive partner, I think, partner, when it comes to your brother, relationship. Co-worker. Exactly. Yeah. Um, my uh, so the she's like one of the founders of the period purse and she has two um, two boys who are in school. And so one of them was taking uh, their health class, but he missed the day about periods. He missed all that. Of course, there's only one lesson. Day. Yes. Uh, so we went to school the next day and they're like, you've got a quiz on all the stuff we learned yesterday about periods. And so he was nervous, but uh, my friend told me that he did really well. And so everyone was very suspicious. And there was one question that was, how do you deal with your your period? And it was like, pads, tampons, yeah. all of the above. And he wrote in menstrual cups. And that wasn't even on this test, but he knew that menstrual cups were another way of dealing with your period. And it, I was like, oh, this is so nice to hear that a young boy goes to school, missed the lesson and was still, still able to know more than what was on the test. Uh, and, and apparently his friends were very suspicious. Like, well, why do you know so much about this stuff? Yeah, he cheated for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but like that speaks to it of like, you know, I think a lot of times this is because I talk about sex education specifically a yeah. lot. So I think a lot of um, why a lot of conversation might not be happening in the home or whatever is because they assume they're getting educated about it at school. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like I love to hear where this was a case where they were ex they were um, receiving a very like round education about this type of stuff in the home. So that like, you know, this one shitty day we got at school educating about it didn't fucking matter but like I think that thing does happen where it's like they don't get that at the home because they assume it's being taken care of at school and then it's not really it's one day yeah yeah and it's not nuanced literally at all yeah exactly so yeah. I think it's it's important to I mean even as as parents to maybe I, I do feel like there's a, there's going too far it's funny because there was always uh, a couple years ago it was really big to have like a first period party you're getting your period and so we're having a party to celebrate it and then I could see uh, sort of the dialogue from the kids side of it where they were like, I don't want to do this. Why is my mom so obsessed with my period? <laughs> so it's like, you know, it can go both ways. And at the end of the day, I mean, I talk about it very openly. I do understand for some people it's just not comfortable. Yeah. Um, and so I can understand people being like, well, I don't want to talk about it if they are learning about it in school or maybe with their friends or on the internet. But I think sometimes we, I think sometimes we forget how much kids know and how much they pick up and so I think it's important just to check in like you don't have to do the whole you know well let's get out the textbook and the diagrams and all of this but I think it is just like it's always useful to check in and I think like if you're a parent and you're buying the products like get your kid to go grab them for you and say I want this this brand and can you pick it up for me and just kind of reducing any instances of like this is gross or dirty or inappropriate or somehow shameful yeah, and I like how you mentioned previously how you were like, ask them what they know about it, because that will give you a good um, indication of like what type of conversation 
you need to have about this you know like yeah, where are the holes the in wheel. The, yeah and like it will be subjective to each kid how much they know how much they don't like what's the nuance you know what are the intersections whatever it is so it's like yeah you you know you to like get out the textbook and stuff as you said it's like okay that part might not be needed but like just you know try at least like as you said check in at least to be like hey just you know I'm here for questions or like what do you need to you know just to try and cater it to age appropriate as you mentioned and then like for that person's specific experience try to cater it to that totally um and just it uh, that also just reminded me of another situation of just why this is important and and why it's so tied up in so many other aspects of life. Um, obviously, artificial intelligence and chat GPT has been really big and popular lately. I got a message from someone who said they tried to ask it a few questions and get some information on menstruation, and it would not do it. It said oh. something to the effect of this is not a topic that we cover. And this is Wow. <laughs> this is supposed to be the next generation of technology. <laughs> and even the, the computer is like, no, I can't, I, you know, this is not an appropriate topic for me. Oh, um, no. So that I found that wild. <laughs> so again, as far as we come, it's still, there's still barriers. There's still, um, you know, there's still things that leave me scratching my head. And then I remember, oh yeah, I'm, I'm very involved in this. Um, it's not as top of mind for many people. Fuck. Yeah, I feel like offering personal experiences too might be helpful just to, just, you know, tell them that they're not alone. Like I had um, uh, Rachel from Abortion Pod on recently, which is an amazing episode if anyone wants to go back and listen about like all stuff that's happening about uh, abortion in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was talking about when she got hers to, for the whole story, go and listen to either her podcast, Abortion Pod, or, or the one where I interview her. But she was talking about when she got her abortion. That was a really kind of connective time, vulnerable time between her and her mom. And her mom talked yeah. about her having an abortion, you know. Um, so wow. I feel like that's something maybe people might shy away from. Um, but it can be a really like relating moment you know between two people to talk about your your vulnerable experiences you know and communities as well I mean we work with a few First Nations communities in um uh, in Ontario and they they celebrate their moon time and so it's a very you know spiritual time it's um it's kind of built into the culture of it as well so it's it's not there's, there's different ways to celebrate it and there's different ways to handle it. And I think celebrating it is the direction I want to take it because why not? <laughs> I'm tired of being shame, of feeling shame about things that happen that I have no control over. <laughs> I do think it's funny, though. It's this interesting thing of the over-enthusiasm or like the toxic positivity surrounding <laughs> some stuff. Like some of these commercials, you know, we have seen where it's like women dancing and like they're just like jumping around and like hooray and it's like I don't feel that way about my period so I it's would like... love to see a realistic <laughs> portrayal of it and also the it, commercials are one thing where it was like they wouldn't even show red yes it's gotta blood. be the blue dye That's exactly too. yeah and I will say too I'm sure you experience this as well um on social media there are certain things you can't say like if there if you were to show period blood you'd probably get shadow banned and there's yes. there's different accounts that are constantly getting kicked off um there's a woman who uh, period nirvana she literally tests every single menstrual cup and disc out on the market um she's amazing and she's constantly getting her stuff taken down because she's i, I don't know why <laughs> i i can tell you why but it's not a good reason <laughs> No, it's a terrible reason. Yeah. yeah, it's hating women and it's anything to do with sex is somehow so taboo, even yeah. education surrounding it. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's fucked. Um, something else that uh, <laughs> considering commercials, I would love to see um, a commercial that's advertising a pregnancy test where the person's happy when they get a negative i think i've seen one recently actually <laughs> where you? was that oh. it was like uh negative and they were like oh thank god like celebrating and i was yes. like well, this is different we need that because yeah. that's real <laughs> 
to me. Not everyone's buying pregnancy tests because they want a baby. (laughs) Yeah, mostly, I would say. Yeah, maybe that's that's just majority. My personal experience, again, chiming in, but, um, you know, it's important, I think you know when we're talking about like visibility and awareness it's like we all have a variety of feelings about this we all have a variety of experiences um that's why talks surrounding stuff like this has to be nuanced because like um yeah we don't all have the same experience it's not one size fits all the products are not one size fits all it's like yeah yeah the education should not be one size fits all yeah and there's um it just reminded me there's a great company called some days and they do a lot of like pain management stuff and they have a period pain machine so they take it to trade shows and different markets and stuff that they have set up and they've got videos online that you can probably have seen and they hook it up to men and they turn it up a little bit and the guys are like okay yeah i'm feeling it turn it up a little bit more okay this is starting to hurt and then it's like you're not even at the period level pain yet let alone Um, endo pain exactly so um so it's just that stuff too where it's like even that you know it's kind of funny it's kind of gimmicky but it's also very useful tool in getting people on the same page and being like this is i think i read something that that the average and i i you know what i shy away from the word average the typical um period pain experience can be the equivalent of having a heart attack oh my god so and again it's like why are we hiding this stuff yeah and why it's important like again that everybody knows about stuff like that it's like because yeah in our workplaces like if somebody is literally having the pain of having a heart attack mid shift and you're the manager like and maybe you don't have a period so you're like ah whatever it's just period cramps i guess or like maybe you you do have a period and you get really light easy breezy periods and you're like fuck you stand up get back to work i do you know yeah. what i mean like the internalized misogyny of exactly. it all um can happen as well then it's like you know that's a pretty negative fucking work environment if you're literally like having heart attack level pain and you're not being supported at work and going back to even my the vice principal at my high school right. um even though he acted so uh, completely embarrassed about all of us menstruating around him uh his reaction <laughs> menstruating on... <laughs> around him is a great phrase uh he he there was a part of it too that that he no questions asked he understood that we were dealing with something that he doesn't experience and so his reaction although filled with shame was also (laughs) filled with a little bit of understanding and like uh you you know i trust that you're gonna do what you need to do to take care of it don't ask me any follow-up questions yeah um but but there is that as well and so thinking about a manager who kind of understands um what one might go through when it comes to menstruation is is just very yeah it's 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 2023. It's time we all get on the same page and really um, approach things from a more equitable standpoint and and take into account the different bodies and the different experiences that we have. Yeah. Okay. So maybe for the last few minutes of the podcast, we can talk about like how people listening can like do better, you know, like what can we actually do about period equity? Um, is there some something we can donate to you know is there what can we be starting to do to support people with periods better yeah I would say even if someone's listening right now and they've made it to this part of the podcast you've already done something yeah that that is is impacting it um so you can feel proud about that um obviously the period purse is a uh, registered charity so the first actual registered charity in Canada that deals with menstrual equity um, so you can donate there at the periodpurse.com um, you can donate as little as $15 provides someone with the items they need to have a one healthy period so that's kind of how we monetize that um, you can also like up that $45 for a menstrual cup um, you can pay for somebody to have an education session which gives you like a full kind of Bible, so to speak. Um, it's very much not the right term, um, but it's sort of a, a workbook um, and give you the tools there. Um, a you can run a, yeah. A duotang. <laughs> I haven't heard the word kaye in so long. Uh, my livre. Uh, exactly. I've, hey, I've, been trans- trans- I've been <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, uh. <laughs> 
but uh, but you can there's there's all different levels of of which you can donate. So there's that if you if you've got the funds and you just want to donate money, that's you know always awesome. We've got the collective, which is like a monthly donor program, um, and that, that allows us to do a little bit more. Um, but I mean, here's what I'm thinking about doing with my workplace that uh, that doesn't provide. Um, period products we have the menstrual movement which you can sign up for and kind of make the pledge and you know sign your workplace up Um, but basically what that means is just you're providing free period products in your bathroom so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out I'm going to get my own products and I'm going to put a little bowl with them on the counter at work in the washroom Um, might even do it in the men's washrooms because why not and just kind of send a message of like here these products are available they're free they're out on the counter they're visible take what you need and pay it forward. Um, and so the, it's it's those types of things, you know, even putting a box on your porch and saying to your neighbors and friends, like, listen, I'm going to be gathering some products, drop a box of pads off. If you, you know, shop coupons and, you know, use your points, um, you can always, you know, if you're trying to save some money, you can always use your points to buy some products and donate them as well. And so um, we have a storage unit, which um, is in Etobicoke, which you can like send stuff or drop it off. Um, we've got so many different ways to get involved and it's all up on the periodpurse.com. So if this interests you, if you want to get involved or you want to do something, there's literally so many things. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I like how you started with like, even just listening to a podcast about periods is a really great place to... You're doing it. You're Yeah, you're doing it already. Um, because same thing when like... Uh, what just passed was International Day um, to End Violence Against Sex Workers. Like, and I always say one of the best places to start as far as that goes is like, hey, if somebody makes a shitty comment in your friend group, um, you know, if someone makes a dead hooker joke, if somebody, you know, still is people are still using the word like prostitute mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> around town, you know what I mean? Like, um, just to uh, correct them would be a great place to start you know just the best is like what did you say yeah no explain <laughs> to me why it. that's funny then, yeah why yeah. is that funny again yeah um because no. i usually find i'm like if people are have just made a mistake they'll usually hear it themselves and uh. then correct themselves and if not then it's it's fine to be like actually we don't really say that anymore and here's why yes yeah. it's called sex worker no, it's yep. so funny because we're you and I are like you know adjacent to the comedy community. Um, it's funny. Uh, I was so proud of my husband, uh, uh, where somebody I believe used the word prostitute in a set, and then Matt, who was hosting the show, immediately went up and was like, "They're called sex workers." <laughs> like, just, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Thank you uh, so much," because actually, I was there with a sex worker friend. I knew another, you know, a sex worker was in the audience as well, and guess what? There's always a sex worker in a room. You know, yeah, a lot I'll, of people I, do sex work. And so, that is when I will always correct. Yes. Yes. Just like, ah, it's sex worker. That's yeah. just It's just saying. sex worker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Man, so many memories have been brought up um, <laughs> today. <laughs> uh, yeah. And just Missing like... Missing tampons. Yeah. Oh my God. Like just the trauma. Um... <laughs> Um, it's interesting though when we talk about that it's like yeah some another place you could start with stuff like this is when uh, people are talking about women and periods you know Mm -hmm. you can be like you know you could say menstruators more people say menstruators now or people with periods versus well and and we use menstruators a lot and got uh, a lot of turfy pushback for that because it's reducing women to a function or you're erasing women and girls and to that I say, no, we're not. We are actually advocating for women and girls. And yeah, uh, as a cis woman, I can say I don't feel erased. No, the phrase people with periods or the phrase menstruators. Absolutely not. So um, again, I understand that maybe some people are very triggered by that. But it's it's one of those things where we just want to be inclusive. And again, it kind of speaks to the growing issues and and what we're dealing with. And it's trans people menstruate and non binary people menstruate, gender non-conforming people menstruate, uh, some women don't menstruate. So mm-hmm. it's it's just uh, best to be inclusive. Absolutely. Okay. Tell us your website once again. And if there's anywhere else you want us to like find and follow either you or um, the lovely work that you do. Yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, theperiodpurse.com for sure. But uh, pluggy plug, I also have a brand new, um, brand new, we're about a few months in, but it's, it's a weekly. New. <laughs> it's pretty. It's a little baby. Uh, it's a weekly news podcast. It's based on Toronto. Um, it's 
an easy listen. It comes out Wednesdays. So I say you can get caught up on kind of some big stories that happened in the city in like 20 minutes or less. Um, yep. And it's very casual. And I love Toronto. So I absolutely love talking about the things that are going on. And we're right kind of, you know, Toronto's on the cusp of making some big changes. And so it's kind of an exciting time to be talking about it and frustrating. Yeah. So Today in T.O. it's called. Today in T.O. with Danny Stover. Yeah. Fabulous. Okay, for me, folks, you can find me on Twitter. That's where I'm the most active at the Lady Pim one. But if you must go on over to Instagram, I'm at the Lady Pim or the Bed Post podcast. This podcast also has a Patreon. It's called the Bed Post Show. We have a YouTube channel. It's called the Bed Post Show. For some reason, I'm a 40 year old on TikTok uh, at the Lady Pim. Uh, go find and follow me there as well. And I never like to go an episode without thanking the lovely lady who does all the original music for my podcast. Her name is Stephanie Copeland. You can find out more about her at Steph Copeland music.com once again danny stover this has been so much fun thank you for all the amazing information and um yeah we'll have uh, we'll see you next week everybody hope you enjoyed this episode we'll see you next time with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality until they get fucked goodbye <laughs>